welcome to the Haynes Country Podcast, episode 20. The Riley Nash episode. Uh, Riley Nash, who scored two goals in a game recently for the Boston Bruins. Uh, Brett Finger is not with us tonight. I am Kyle Morton, returning from my two-week hiatus. Uh, and with me is Justin Lape and editor-in-chief of Canes Country, Brian LeBlanc. Hi. Hi. Justin, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Um, feeling a little let down by the fact Brett's not here. But, you know, he might be sleeping. He might you know, be elsewhere. But, you know, the show goes on. He'll just have a pleasant surprise when this podcast posts. That's all. So we got a lot to get to. Uh, the team we cover, uh, for those of you who don't know, is the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, and for, for those of you who also don't know, they are, they're doing well right now. They've won, they've won six of their last seven, um, which is better than they were doing immediately prior to those seven games. Uh, those, those games were not as good. Um, what do you guys think has been the key to this, this hot stretch so far? Well, I think it starts and ends with Cam Ward, doesn't it? I mean, after the debacle that was the game against Toronto, uh, Ward started every game since then. He's won them all. And, you know, he's, he's earning points that in past years the Hurricanes would have lost, left on the table, and then be ticked at themselves for having left on the table once they get to April and miss the playoffs by you know, three points. So, you know, good on Ward. And I know we'll talk about this later, but, um, you know, good on him for, for picking up the ball and running with it when Darling's really been struggling and, you know, as as long as it goes with, I don't blame Bill Peters for playing him as much as he can. Ride the hot streak while you can. I do think it helps on some level that uh, the team seems to score a lot when Ward's in that. And that's whether that's a coincidence or a confidence thing, I don't know. But it was really helpful that Pecorine uh, seem, seemingly had a vision and decided to do an advanced impression of Denmark's goalie against the United States <laughs> uh, against the Hurricanes, letting in four goals in what? five minutes or something five like minutes, that. That, was, something that was, I mean, if that was, if that was Cam Ward's doing, then good for him. Keep him in there. But uh, he has been good lately. I, um, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of his play over the last few years, but I, I do have to give it to him. He's been playing pretty well. Um, though I'm not so sure that continuing to rely on him on an every night basis is the best idea, but we'll, we'll get to that more later. Justin, what are you, what are your thoughts? All three of those six wins have been one goal games. I think that's kind of one of the things that this team, you know, kind of screws up, you know, some periods where, you know, they'll have a goal lead or something like that, but they're not able to kind of like grind it out and push through. Um, but yeah, the one goal games are, are, you know, the impressive part of the streak. And yeah, as you guys said, Ward's play has been phenomenal. Um, but you know, that, you know, now the topic of discussion is going to be, you know, when do you bring Scott Darling back into the fold if you do, or do you just keep riding here until he's not hot anymore? Yeah. Um, and I, think, I think a lot of the, I think the team's defense has improved too. And I think that needs to go mentioned. Uh, I think when the team wasn't winning so much, uh, the, the defensive cohesiveness, uh, the strength and shutting other teams down wasn't where it needs to be with this team. And especially since this team's strength is on the back end. I know we talked about it on this show, but uh, Jacob Slavin and Brett Pesci, and of course, Justin Falk, uh, probably to the highest degree, weren't weren't living up to the expectations that uh, this team has for them. And it kind of felt like Noah Hannafin was the only guy on defense who was playing above his pay grade, uh, so to speak. And that's not really true anymore. I think they're all stepping up a little bit. Falk had his big breakout game, scoring twice against Columbus. And um, I, I think the defense is back. And 
I think that's certainly good timing for Ward. It helps him when he's playing well and the defense is playing well in front of him and makes his job easier. Uh, well, I think that it probably should be said, too, that, you know, nobody's really playing out of their mind right now, but everybody's kind of come back to the level that we expected them to. I mean, Jacob Slavin had a couple of weeks where he was slumping, and earlier in the season it was Brett Pesci that was having some issues. And, I mean, they're not, like, playing out of their mind right now, but they've come back to where I think everyone expected them to be at the beginning of the season, and that's all that you really need. I mean, if you get the Jacob Slavin from last year, you're fine. You don't need him to, you know, suddenly turn into a top 10 defenseman in the league. Um, you just need him to do what you're going to pay him $5 million a year starting next year to do, which he wasn't doing earlier in the season. And now that he is, um, you know, and I use Slavin as an example, but pretty much everyone outside of maybe Hannafin and Van Riemsdyk have kind of gone through one of these patches where they just hit skin for whatever reason. And they've all come back and are, you know, solid contributors right now. And they don't have to play out of their mind, and they're not, but they're getting the job done. Right. Yeah, and I think one of the things, too, is, uh, you know, in the six out of seven, was, you know, you get the first three wins, and then you go into that Maple Leafs game, and you get destroyed. I think the bounce back to, you know, kind of get a streak going again uh, just shows a little bit of tenacity because and, – and it's also – you've seen it in players because – Hannafin and Skinner had a terrible game against the Maple Leafs, but they were able to turn it around against the Predators. Um, but, yeah, as Brian said, no one's been playing, you know, out of their mind or, you know, there's not one player. It's just they've kind of come together as a cohesive unit. And, you know, those the points are starting to rack up. Well, I, mean, I, I, I would argue that Ward, Ward might be playing out of his mind right now. But um, in terms of the skaters, yeah, there's no one that's, that's you can look at and be like, yeah, we can't expect this to continue. And that's always a good recipe for, for a win streak. And when Ward dies down a little bit, maybe Darling will be ready. Uh, that's kind of what he was and the way he was successful is coming in uh, when Crawford needed a night off. So maybe Darling can win Ward if Ward win. Who knows? If when uh, he comes back to earth a little bit and Darling needs no, to it'll, it'll be when. I mean, there's no, there's no question he's not going to be, you know, winning 70% of his games the rest of the season. You know, he's going to have nights where he looks like the Cam Ward of old and is letting in bad goals. You're like, what the F? Um, but, you know, like I said, write it while you can. It gives Darling a chance to find his game, which, you know, is a luxury that the Hurricanes have had almost never. Um, you know, because Ward's gone through these patches before where he's just been abysmal, just letting everything by. And the problem is they had no one else to turn to. Because you'd be turning to the likes of Eddie Lack, who had, you know, one hot streak, but that was about it. Or Michael Layton, or Justin Peters, or John Graham, or name them. I mean, go down the list. And I mean, Jim them- Rutherford's record for finding backup goaltenders can't be, can't be argued with. He's, he's great at it. He, oh. he, he is good <laughs> at finding goaltenders and making them backups. Right. Yeah. But, you know, they, they've never had that guy to turn to, and that was part of Ward's problem was that, you know, I think he kind of – got in his own head a little bit because he knew that there was no help and he didn't have time to find his game. He had to go out there and try to do it on the fly. And that is, that never ends well. And that's what we saw. So hopefully by Ward being the backup that can kind of take the load off for a little while, it'll give Darling a chance to try to re to recharge. I mean, let's remember Darling's been a starter in this league for two months. I mean, this, it's, it's asking a lot of him to walk in on day one to a new team and granted, he knows a couple of guys on it, but 
to walk onto a new team and just, you know, take the reins and go with it with a guy that's been here for 11 or 12 years backing him up. And I, mean, I think that's... There's a learning curve there, and I don't think that he necessarily got the – support isn't the right word, but that he got the backing that he needed. I think people just saw him get the get the new contract and walk in here and say, oh, well, there's the, there's the guy that's going to go out and win 40 games for you. It, it never happens that way. And yeah. I think it might have been a little bit unfairly put on his shoulders to begin with, and now he gets a chance to hit the reset button. And fortunately for the Hurricanes, Ward's playing out of his mind. And I think for that reason that you mentioned that it's only been two months is another just just makes it a little silly to see, you know, cer- certain headlines or tweets or whatever from certain publications about how Darling has failed as the starter. I, I think it's a little right, bit. Come on. Yeah, it, it's a little bit soon for that. He like his stats are heavily skewed by that Toronto game, uh, which I mean, I don't know. I don't want to put that on him. I, I, that might be my bias, but. I mean, the team quit. Yeah. At 4-1, maybe 5-1. And every team has a clunker like that every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't pin that on one guy. I mean, nobody showed up to play that game. Maybe it was because it was an afternoon game. I don't know. The Hurricanes have never been good in afternoon games, ever. And I don't know if it's a DNA thing or what the deal is, but, you know, you see an afternoon game on the Hurricane schedule, and I automatically chalk it up as a loss. If they get a point out of it, great. Um, but you know darling has played fine at times and he's made saves that i don't think in years past ward would have made mm -hmm. but right now for whatever reason he's struggling under the burden of being a number one goaltender and you know we certainly hope and pray that he's the guy but the 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 list of guys who tried to make the I mean look at Antiranta. Everybody thought he was ready to be a number one goalie and he has crashed and burned. He's been worse than Darling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's something to be said for a, a new a new guy and I think on in goal it's more pronounced than anywhere else on the ice. There's somewhere something to be said for a new guy coming in and having to get comfortable with the rest of his teammates. And Darling's just not there yet. And I don't think you can blame him for it, but you know, it's also not fair to just say, well, they screwed this one up again. We're not to that point yet, I don't think. And I don't think you can even say going toward the end of the year that we'll be at that point. It's a four-year contract. It, in terms of a narrative arc, it seemed it seemed like we were reaching a, a, a corner turning with, with Darling's situation with that Columbus game. I mean, he outdueled Sergei Bobrovsky. He won that game for this team. I was at the scrum after the game with Coach Peters, and Coach Peters was talking about how he was fantastic and – you know, they were going to play, you know, it was, it was going to be like, it just seemed like, oh yeah, that was the game he needed. He had been struggling. He bl- almost blanked a good team, uh, stole two points. And then that Toronto game happens and it's like, well, we can't, he's not going to get a shot again for a while. But I mean, that might just be, I, I can't fault him for starting Ward at the, at the, no, at the way Ward's been playing. Let's, let's be fair. The reason that he's not starting right now has less to do with him than it does with how well Ward is playing. If Ward were even playing 500 hockey, Darling would have played one of these last couple of games. But Ward's playing out of his mind right now. There's no reason to take him out. I guess my concern would be Peter's ability to discern between a new norm and what's just a temporary hot stretch, if that makes sense. But does it matter, though? I mean, my question would be, if he's on a hot streak, let him ride it. Yeah, I mean, why, I'm why not saying that, but I'm saying 
I'm saying how many how many bad games is Ward going to have to have to prove he's off a hot streak before Darling gets a chance again? That's a fair point. And I don't think we know the answer to that question because, again, going back to my earlier point, Bill Peters has never had a situation where his backup has been a reliable starter that he's needed to give him a run of four or five games before realizing that he's, you know, has lost it for whatever reason. Justin, sorry. I think Michael Layton has something to say about that. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I say you keep right. Anton Hudobin, who's actually had a pretty good year in Boston. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, um, that was the Mueller era. That His good year was the Mueller era, though. Ah, yeah. Um, but, no, I, I say that you a, keep... That was a very good almost Jim Rutherford impression by you, Justin. Make sure you buy your season's tickets. Make sure you buy your season tickets. We we got Patrick O'Sullivan coming in this year, right? Eases the times. (laughs) Oh, we really think that Zach Boyd chucks the guy this year. We really really think this could be a year that we can you put a team together that can compete. You know, we put Jeremy Welsh in the third line center role and. It's the man with the highest cap hit in NHL history. I heard Andreas Nodal is a first-line winger this year. Yeah? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Um, but, no, I say you keep – Well, that's all for tonight. Yeah, that's all we <laughs> But I say, uh, no, you keep writing Ward until uh, he gets cold. And, um, yeah, that is a big stinker, you know, on Darling's resume. But it's also, you know, kind of a slight – of uh, Bill Peters himself. Why would you keep a goalie in for to get right. for eight goals? Um, you know, a, after goal six, you got to think that he's like, well, you know, I should be out, shouldn't I? Um, you know, so his mindset probably wasn't completely in it after, you know, goal five or six. So, um, Well, he, in fairness to him, he probably saw the rest of his team mailing it in in front of him. He just said, F it, I'm not going to bother. Ex- exactly. Why would he? Exactly, exactly. And, and, you, and what, at what point would it prove to put Ward in at that point? I don't know. I, I, I understand, and I think that he probably should have pulled Darling, but, you know, that game was out of hand from the opening puck drop. So why ruin – I mean, and this sounds terrible, but why ruin both goalies when you can just leave one in there to take the beating and, you know, the other one doesn't have to deal with it? I mean, we, we, we were Not heading straight for a Patrick Wall moment there. Thinking that's probably what the thought process was. Anyway, enough enough goaltending discussion. That's been beaten to death for years with this team. We got yeah, a couple games coming that's, up. That's pretty much schedule. an evergreen comment on any Hurricanes podcast ever, right? Yeah, we got a couple games coming up on the schedule. Big one tomorrow. Pittsburgh Penguins defending two-time defending Stanley Cup champions in Raleigh. First meeting between the two teams this year. Uh, then the Canes will make the flight to St. Louis, take on a very, very, very good Blues team. Uh, on the road in the back-to-back. And then they will come back home to take on the Washington Capitals for the first time this year. Big stretch for this team. Uh, two first-time meetings with two division rivals that are uh, one right behind them, one a few games ahead of them, but certainly in striking distance. Uh, and then a measuring stick game against one of the best teams in the West uh, in a tough spot. Um, what do you guys expect from these next few games? Well, I think the most, uh, the most salient comparison to the Blues is what they did in Vegas. Um, you know, I, I, Kyle, you're never going to let us forget the fact that you picked the Golden Knights to be good this year. Um, and 
more power to you, but even you didn't have them atop the Western Conference. I, no, I, I was joking earlier. I, I picked <laughs> the Golden Knights to be last. I, I was wrong about the Golden Knights. I was, what I won't let you forget is that I was right about the Winnipeg Jets. That, that's, okay, fair point. Um, I but, was wrong about the Knights. But you saw, you saw how they played Vegas. Um, yes. You know, and I think that same, that same type of, that same type of game, you know, just show the film of that game. I mean, St. Louis is a similar team. They're a little bit more, um, you know, Vegas kind of clogs the neutral zone to a somewhat ridiculous extent. Um, and they're not quite as fast as the Blues, um, but the Blues don't have Jaden Schwartz, which makes a huge difference. They and, have- oh, they got, they've got Tarasenko and they've got Braden Shen. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. They're still good. Braden Shen, who has transformed into Wendell Clark in his prime. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Um, but you know, just show them the tape of the Vegas game on the plane there and be like, do this because that game plan worked to perfection against the golden Knights. And I think if they do the same thing again, uh, they'll be in good shape. The penguins are, boy, I can't get a read on them. What do you guys think? Um, I mean, Crosby's not himself. Malkin's been fine. Kessel's been good, but the defense is a slice of Swiss cheese. You know, Chris and Jerry can't keep this up forever. I, I, I don't know what to make of them at this point. Yeah, well, negative 13 goal differential. Um, but I, I think the weird thing is 12-6-1 at home, 7-10-2 away. Um, I, I don't know, but I think we all know there's an inevitable hot streak coming from them. Yeah, you have to February, think so, yeah. You know, where they, but at a certain point, these wins. injuries, like, yeah, eventually like, – eventually, they were going to have a hot streak, but if if they're without Chris Letang and Matt Murray and to a lesser extent Brian Rust, who I mean, yeah, he's not great, but I think he's an important glue guy in that bottom six because that bottom six he's, now consists of what Brian Reeves is there every night, uh, Carter Rowney. Uh, they didn't replace Nick Benino and Matt Cullen. Uh, that was a classic Rutherford move, uh, bringing in a guy, a Riley Sheehan type, to fill a third line center role, and it not not going very well. Uh, but yeah, and then you combine that with you know, Crosby's fine, but he's not Sidney Crosby this year. Malkin's not lighting the world on fire. Kessel is the only guy really doing what he's supposed to do. And honestly, I'd say he's probably doing even more than he's supposed to do for that Yeah, team. I'd agree with that for sure. And I think they might just be having one of those years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, is this like a like a Kings of 2013 type season for them, you think, maybe? You mean 15? They made, the Kings made the West Final in 2013. What am I thinking of? Fifteen, twenty fifteen. I th- I think it's that sort of deal. I I think I think they'll miss the playoffs this year. I think the injuries are adding up, and the Metro is too good. But next yeah. year they're going to be right back. And the thing, and the, and the other thing with the Penguins is they can very easily drop a seven one on someone you know with very little effort. Right. You just know that's coming. For someone, <laughs> For some, something's <laughs> going to happen to someone. Yeah. I just can't wait until they're gifted a top three pick in the lottery. Oh, man. I mean, it already has It's coming. It's coming. You, if they miss the playoffs, it's coming. The Flyers and the Devils got it. Now they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Rasmus Dahlin. Oh, if they get Rasmus Dahlin. Oh, my God. This, <laughs> this, this would be the hockey equivalent of the Spurs taking Tim Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly. Um, so – you know, the, the caps seem like they're coming around a little bit, but 
I'm still not sold, honestly. What? I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not sold. I'm not either. I mean, Ovechkin is. Ovechkin's getting old. I mean, let's let's be real. He's what? He's going to be 33 next year. He can't keep it up forever. They, you know, they've still got Backstrom, but then who else do they have? I mean, they may have done the worst job of keeping up with the times than even the Penguins did. Yeah, Backstrom has been, from my understanding, from afar, Backstrom has basically been carrying that team this year. And they've had guys like Verona stepping up. Oshie's been okay. Uh, Dimitri Orlov is a guy who stepped up big time. Yeah. Uh, but that defense. But John Carlson isn't hasn't been John Carlson all year. Right, and Brooks no. Orpik is on that team. Brooks Orpik is terrible and is about 300 years old. And given the way he plays, might as well be 600. And, yeah. And, and who, I mean, Christian Juice is a key component that was missing last night to the, to the extent that NBC had the thing, like the little ticker at the top of the screen was like, Christian Juice is not on the ice for the Capitals. Like, it'd be like putting up a, a crawler that Quas Dahlbeck is off the ice for the Hurricanes. Juice like, is fine. Like He's fine, but he's, he's, he's a plug-and-play guy. I mean, they're, they're a long way from having – Shattenkirk and Alsner and no, but Shattenkirk Alsner. was the problem for them. Oh, right. Don't you yeah. see? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just depth is a problem. Like they they ran a graphic about like Williams and uh, Shattenkirk and all the guys they lost have been outscored by the guys they were replaced with. But for one, but, Kevin Shattenkirk has like ninety assists. Right. <laughs> um. Just, I mean, Justin Williams isn't a dynamic goal scorer. That's not what the value he brings to a team no. at this point in his career. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with the Caps. I think between them and the Penguins, they're more likely to make the playoffs this year. But, but they're in worse they, shape. But they're in worse shape, and I think their fall is going to be harder, and it's going to be longer lasting than the Penguins. Yeah, I agree. I and during before the season, I I, I think I on our prediction show, I think I said one of them would fall off, and I think I said it would probably be the Caps. So, yeah, you did. They're, you did. They're, they're, they're teetering on the edge right now if they don't do this right. And, I mean, by doing this right, I mean not making Phil Forsberg for Martin Erat-level deals. They're <laughs> teetering on the edge of three or four years outside the playoffs, I think. And that's with Ovechkin. Wow. I well, mean, actually, oh, they, uh, to be fair – they still have Backstrom and Kuznetsov down the middle and Holtby in net. So I don't think they'll ever be terrible. Ask the Canadians how that works out, though. I mean, uh, the Canadians don't have Nicholas Backstrom or anyone close. Or if any Kuznetsov. Price is a better goalie than Holtby. Sometimes, when he's healthy. I, uh, I, don't I mean, know. I don't think the Caps are going to be – like. I think the Caps – they're 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 destined to be what the Flyers are now, if that makes sense. Which is what can, a, good, a good team, or not a good team, but an, an okay team that's at the bottom of just a stacked division. I can see that. I can. Like, see I don't think they're going to be. I could see them being the Islanders in a couple of years, honestly. Depending on what happens with uh, with Tavares, I could see the Islanders and the Capitals flipping places. Well, where the Caps are just kind of. Just barely hanging around, and you know they're one hot streak away from making a run, but you never can fully trust them. I think I try. I think they've got enough goodwill built up this year that I trust them to make the playoffs. But I think once they 
get past that point, that they're going to be in a fairly long-term down cycle. I don't think it's going to be a one-year thing where they just bounce right back. How far do the Islanders fall if they lose to Bears? Oh, my God. So far. Okay, well. Coyotes level. I don't know. Uh, Barzal is something. Yeah, yeah, Barzal's good. Um, But Barzal's going to have that inevitable sophomore slump. Well, Strom's been outstanding. Strom? Strom is on the Oilers. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Uh, uh, Everly's been outstanding. Um, No, it's probably unfair to say they're the Coyotes, but – you know, are they the? I mean, it's a bad defense and a bad goalie. Yeah, without, I mean, are, 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 they, are they the wild? Are they? No, the, not, not even that. They're. Are they the Panthers? That that that. Yeah. That might be the closest comparison. Yeah, you know, I could see that. Kind of hovering around twelfth-ish in the conference every year. <laughs> Basically, where they were before they got to Varus. Every once in a while, they poke their head above water and make the playoffs, but. More often than not, they, they had no interest in doing that. I mean, to be fair, even with Tavares, they were that for a while. Yeah, I mean, as he was kind of coming in, mean, he didn't have any help. I mean, now he's got he's got Bailey and he's got Everly and <laughs> Anders Lee. Is yeah, Josh good. Bailey having having being top five in the league in points—that's a story. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. that's and, and he you know. He owes ten percent of his next paycheck to John Tavares. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, because he's been there. He's not. He's not a new acquisition. He's he's no, been there. Fact, I, I think he for basically the, the whole Tavares era. Yeah, I think he might be the longest tenured guy on the team now. Yeah, he might be. It's him, it's him or Lee. It's one of those two. No, no, Tavares has been there longer than Lee. Has he? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it has to be Bailey. He's been there yeah. forever. But now he's. Third in the league in points. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Smoke them while you got them, baby. <laughs> but honestly, how feasible is it for them to keep him? Especially, They're okay, so they, him. they get staying. the Omar Park deal, but not one rumor has said even they've started talking about contracts. He's not going anywhere. He's staying. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Why no, is it I taking? Think, I think the now that the arena deal settled there, I would be. I, I, I can't say I would be just totally shell shocked if he left, but it would be a big surprise. The thing is, the thing with these these mega free agent deals we're going to start seeing soon is that the good teams aren't going to have enough money for these players, and the bad teams aren't going to be where, places they want to go. Yeah, so yes. they'll just stay. Start taking pay cuts too. But I if mean, you're, I guess the one exception maybe Eric Carlson, maybe Tavares is an exception to that, to where someone will just find a way to give him the world, but I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, if you're him, what do you see in that team? A mediocrity or like just sneaking? I, 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 see, I see Matt Barzell and Josh Hosang and uh, Lena Soderstrom, their, their outstanding goalie prospect coming along. But that's who's going to take them to the promised land, you think? With John, with John Tavares, maybe. It can't hurt. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, let, let's let's be honest. They're not built even with Tavares in a way that any Stanley Cup finalist that I can think of off the top of my head has been built in the last, um, say, ten years. Um, you know, the, the closest the closest approximation, honestly, 
might be the 2012 Devils, which was Brodeur and... Um, not a good Brodeur, mind you. Yeah, not a good Brodeur. Zajac, Parisi, and very little else. Um, and maybe that's what they're destined to be, is just a team that's just below... I mean, with Tavares, a team that's just below the top tier that if everything falls their way, they might get a cup run out. You know who they remind me of? They remind me of the 2014 Rangers, but without Henrik Lundqvist. <laughs> a good deep forward group, uh, a not very good defense. I think their defense is better. I think their defense is better than a lot of people give them credit for. Not to say they're good, but they kind of have that 06 Hurricanes quality to them where nobody really stands out, but they also don't shoot themselves in the foot with, you know, just completely ridiculous turnovers and awful play. And considering who their coach is, maybe that's on purpose. So the schedule's weird. <laughs> we kind of touched on it, but they have the Canes have not played the Devils yet. They haven't played the Penguins yet. They haven't played the Capitals yet. They haven't played the Flyers yet. And they're done with the Blue Jackets. They're done with the Blue Jackets. They've played every single Western team at least once. They have not played Ottawa yet. Uh, they have not played Detroit yet. And they have yeah, not played could Boston those, yet. Could those games come in handy at the end of the year? They are done with Buffalo. They still have Ottawa and Detroit, though. But it's a weird schedule. They at least Detroit, one. Detroit's whatever, but, um, I mean, getting Ottawa at this time of year where – you know, they're just coming apart at the seams and who knows who's going to be on that team. At the no, they'll round, they'll round back into form before they play the games. Probably. I mean, that's just the way it works. Matt Duchesne will be Matt Duchesne. Eric Carlson will be Eric Carlson. We'll, we'll find the next Boy, how, do think, how do you think Duchesne feels right now? Good. I Lord. feel horrible for that, that young man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of his, and I think he's getting a lot of unfair blame for – a bad team being bad twice now. No, I don't think I don't think it's his fault at all. I I, I got all the sympathy in the world for him. I feel terrible. I mean, He's look at team. look. The rumored deal for a while was that he was going to go to Nashville. Right. If that happened, he'd be he'd be talked about as the guy that put them over the top because tourist teams going to put them over the top. Yeah. The best part about this is like, would you rather be four points out in the West or fourteen out in the East? Because that's where he is now. I would rather be 90 points out in the Atlantic division than two points out in the Metro. That's an exaggeration, obviously, but... <laughs> Not much of one. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, with that in mind, should the NHL return to the best eight format? Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll play the counterpoint. I Call me crazy, but I like this format. I really do. I, it's it's a it's very much right now an ACC Atlantic versus ACC Coastal thing. Okay, but to but, be fair, right now it is it is the best eight are in. Right, right. Because Boston but, has gotten insanely hot lately. Before that, it was looking like six Metro might finish ahead of three Atlantic. But right now, we are basically at best eight. And if that if fair. that happens, they will change the format. Yeah, it, that will not take any time at all. They might change the format before the playoffs are done if that happens. Um, I, I I like this format. I I think that the wild cards are kind of kooky, and I wish they would just take the top four from each division, but I understand oh. the thing behind it. Um, I mean, if you're gonna go if you're gonna go all out division playoffs, then go all out division playoffs. Don't have this nonsense 
where the Rangers are competing in the Atlantic Division. I mean, you mean the Rangers like that? I'm sure. Oh, they loved it absolutely. I mean, they come to the they come to the third round of the playoffs, but you know, don't don't the second round. I guess. I guess. Who did the Rangers play in the first round? Um, Montreal. Montreal. That's right. That was that was such a forgettable series. Yeah, but you know, I I understand the the reasoning behind it, but if you're going to go full bore on the division playoffs, then just do it. Otherwise, you know, the way that it's set up right now. I don't mind. I like the idea of having division teams play in the playoffs because, as we've seen here, that's what fosters rivalries and that's what keeps interest up. Um, so, from that angle, I completely understand where it comes from. Um, but this whole idea of you know crossover teams and you know the Rangers playing in the Atlantic and the you know just to throw a name out there, the Jets playing the Pacific or something like that. Just the Hurricanes Lightning series is going to be great this year. Yeah, exactly. The Canes might score. Yeah, maybe once. Unless they trade for Mike Hoffman, then they might score twice. Which brings us to our next topic. Brilliant segue. That works. Mike Hoffman, no relation to former or current Hurricanes prospect Gregory Hoffman uh, of Switzerland, apparently on the trading block in Ottawa. And I think. I don't think it gets much clearer than this that a team is trying to cut salary. Because you're talking about a 28-year-old winger who scores at a first-line pace who makes $5 million a year. So, who's under contract for, I believe, two more years after this one? Mm-hmm. So, what about that says trade this guy other than his salary on a team where he's the only tradable salaried asset because you're looking at Bobby Ryan and Dion Phaneuf and nobody's touching those contracts. I, I cannot figure out why his name was even mentioned in that column. And to be fair, Brett mentioned this in his column today, you know, a lot of that is a lot of that looks like speculation, but Elliot Friedman doesn't really get into just completely baseless speculation. If he name drops a player and name drops a team, there is something there. How much is there is probably open to question, but there is there is something there, I'm sure of it. And he's just the type of guy that the Hurricane should go after. Now, whether or not he would be used correctly, here's another question. But, you know, he's exactly the kind of guy that they need right now. They need a goal scorer. And I was surprised looking at his stats yesterday about how just how prolific he's been. And he's done it in pretty much anonymity. But he's, he's Jeff Skinner light. Yeah, he's got 25 goals each in the last three seasons. And, you know, someone on Twitter yesterday was saying, well, what happens if, you know, the fans want, an eight, want a play-per-game player? There were seven of those players in the league last year, and good luck trading for any of them. So as far as guys that could be available, if for some reason he's available, absolutely they should jump all over it. So for a guy that's had 25 in the past three years, what, what do you have to give up to get a guy like him? Well, the market changes a little bit when a team is pretty pretty transparently shopping a guy because of his salary. You're not paying full market value at that point, which is the nice thing. I mean, you're probably talking a Sorella, um, certainly not a Natchez or a Bean, probably not even a Kukin. No, I think if you, I, I think what would probably be more likely to happen would be that they would give up. Uh, first round player 
not it wouldn't be Bean. Maybe it's Flurry. I don't know. Um, plus a lower pick rather than yeah. giving up first rounder and Brock McGinn. Um, you know, I, I think that you could probably. I, I mean, if if Ron Francis called up um, called up Ottawa and offered him Flurry and a third rounder, and there are charges to cut salary. If you're Ottawa, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, that's what, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone would have a huge problem with that. But as a Canes option, you wouldn't you wouldn't see a first and Brock McGinn as a as a worthy payoff. No, you would. I mean, I, I, if if you if you get into the playoffs, that first round becomes less and less valuable. You know. The, yeah, but you've seen. I mean, the one thing that Ron Francis hasn't done in his time with this team is trade away high draft picks. Um, well, there's a lot of things he hasn't done. That's not the only. Well, <laughs> make the playoffs is make the playoffs. Hey, big player. But in, in fairness, I think that I think it's easier to make the case to him that you're trading away a guy that was a first round pick. So in essence, you're trading a first round pick. It's just a guy that exists versus a guy that doesn't. For um, rather than trading that pick that you know could turn out to be. Let's throw the name out there. Eric Carlson could have been a hurricane, you know, and you don't think for a second that that doesn't weigh on the minds of people that just start dealing that want to deal first round picks away left and right that, you know, yeah, they whiffed on him, but the next guy could be coming down the pike is Hayden Fleury or Carlson. No, but you could absolutely sell him as, Hey, here's a guy that went in the top 10. He's still pretty green. You've got plenty of time to develop him. He hasn't been playing a ton because Klaus Dahlbeck, God love him, has somehow claimed his roster spot for the time being. You know, there there are ways that you could turn that to your advantage and get out from, you know, get a good goal scorer for, you know, a relative pittance, I think. For me, I don't know. The drafting, I think, right now is still built on hope. I think that you see Gautier, you see you know, woke boy, you know, being all this stuff, you still see, I mean, they're impressing at a junior level, but I think it's the translation of talent that, that has kind of plagued this, this, this franchise. I mean, it's from Boychuk to Dolpe to, you know, even I still think it's the verdict still kind of out on flurry for now. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I see a first round pick in a year that you basically said it's, it's our time for the playoffs. I see as it expendable. I think that you save a first round pick for the guy that's going to put you over the top to a conference final. I don't think that this is the year that they would, that they would make that deal. I mean, a first round pick went to St. Louis for Doug Waite in 2006. A, you know, and obviously that pick was at the end of the first round, given what happened. But that's where you use those kind of picks. You don't use – I don't think you spend a first-round pick, you know, and, and like trading the pick itself to be the difference between getting into the playoffs and not. I think you use that pick to go further into the playoffs, already assuming that you're there. And I don't think the Hurricanes can assume that they're there yet. Well, not all, now that all of that very serious – hockey discussion is out of the way we can return to one of our recurring segments on this podcast and, and let's be fair what you're actually here for yes right. <laughs> take it away well uh, this has been a hit 
well, at least between the three of us and now that Brian is joining. Yeah, we have no feedback from you we have no because you're too lazy to leave comments. <laughs> or you're just not listening. Does that does that include me? Because I don't leave any first. Bill, shout out to that one guy that left a review. Yeah, Bill. Bill, that's his name. I th- something like that. Bill, Bill, we love you. Like <laughs> Bill, Bill, our guy. Bill, you're the yes. man, Bill. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I, I love when. You know, when it does post on the site itself, and you get this random comment that has nothing to do with anything we talked about. Okay, okay, here's what we're going to do. If you if you leave a review after this episode, you, you're listening, you leave a review, we'll enter you into a raffle for a prize. I'm serious. We'll, th- we'll come up with something. All right, all right. Leave us a review. The three of us will combine our, our, our memorabilia I have a signed Jordan Stahl picture that I have no desire in keeping. And that's, okay. not slighted, that's not slighted Jordan Stahl, but I really do have one I'd be more than willing to give away. I have, I have a Cleveland Browns bad call brick that's made of foam that you're supposed to throw at the television, which I gave up on long ago. Okay, we're going to edit that out. <laughs> um, we're trying to give away something that people want. <laughs> So oh, right me. now, was, right now, as it stands right now, fan on my worst enemy. Don't kid yourself. the leader in the clubhouse for the, for the prize for leaving a review on this podcast is, is Justin's signed Jordan Stahl photo. We'll see if we can come up with something better, but you leave a review. You can, you can rate us zero stars, one star, two star, three star, four star, or five star. Just leave a review. Well, if you like us, great. If you don't, I don't know why you're still listening at this point, but that's fine too. Hey. Leave a review and we'll, We'll uh, leave leave a Twitter handle or a way we can contact you if you win. And uh, we need we need to interact with the listeners more. I think I think this is a good way to do that. I think we do. I think we do. We're at episode twenty. This is a good milestone. Oh yeah, perfect. You know? you know. All right. All right. So now that we have that under the way, uh, we will return to the ever popular segment of Josh hosting versus Gucci Mane tweets. And yes, the reason why we chose those two people is Josh Hosang is very famous for tweeting out very inspirational and random things. And, and uh, you know, it just it makes its way around the NHL. And then Gucci Mane is a East Atlanta rapper who also tweets out very enlightening, happy things. Um, or just sometimes arrogant things. And Josh Hosang can also be guilty of that. Um, last week, Brett went a perfect four for four. And I think, Kyle, what is your record right now? I'm seven of eight. And before Brett went four for four last week, he was, I believe, two for eight? Yes. He, he, like was, he was doing pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was rough. And then and I, and I just want the Brian here to guess. I, I just want the record to show I don't follow either of these people. So. Yes. And I and don't. Do I. None yeah. of us do. For the sake of transparency, okay. I don't. I don't, I don't even follow them. I, I at one point followed Josh Hosang, but I unfollowed him. He got kind of annoying. So, um, wow. all right. Well, so, now now we burned our bridge there. Yes, Josh Hosang will never come on this podcast. <laughs> um, all right. So, Brian, do you uh, know this? Justin, the Hurricanes have traded for Justin. Or for <laughs> hey, I'll take a hosting yeah, um. <laughs> Sir, you can come on this podcast. I will follow you back for it. Um, 
So, Brian, with that being said, do you know yes. who Gucci Mane is? Yes, I do know who Gucci Mane is. I am so proud. All right. I can't say I've ever listened to him, but I know who he is. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. So the first tweet, and Brian will play along with us as well. The right, first tweet is, once you master the ability to accept yourself inside and out, you become blessed with the ability to shine internally, brightening all around you. Uh, I'm gonna go. That sounds that sounds way too long to be Hosang, so I'm gonna go with Gucci Mane. I'm gonna go Hosang. Kyle, one for one. Brian, zero oh for one. Outstanding. <laughs> all right, the next one up is even when I'm sleep, I'm woke. Oh, that's got to be Gucci, man. Gucci. Nailed it. Two there for two, go. Kyle. One for two for Brian. All right, number three. Don't let other people's opinions of what you've done in your past or can do in your future hold you back. Jose. Um, I'm going to go Gucci. Kyle is on fire. Man. Man, all right. That so for the very last one. <laughs> no, that's too easy. Okay, um, I'm gonna have to edit this out. I'm gonna have to <laughs> the one, the one where he says, "Congratulations, Jordan Everly." Apparently, didn't give it away enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some, all right, here we go. It's a huge honor to be drafted by the New York Islanders. <laughs> 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 what's up belmont <laughs> what's up belmont <laughs> all right here we go all right last one of the day to accomplish great things we must not only act but dream not only plan but believe Hosang. what was your answer brian gucci brian has a rough debut and kyle goes four for four again <laughs> Wow. All right. 11 That's, for 12 in my career. That is pretty good. That is pretty good. We're going to Vegas, I guess, together, huh? I got, I got one <laughs> correct. I will gladly take that. <laughs> he got one correct in his debut. You know what? I'll take it. You know, it's a 50-50 proposition, Brian. <laughs> four isn't good. It is. Not bad. <laughs> it's actually good. <laughs> All right. So um, when this episode posts... Uh, we will see you guys in 2018. So with that on our minds, um, is there any New Year's resolutions that Carolina Hurricanes need to make? Make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, get, get a score. Get a score and make the playoffs. Now, do you guys have any resolutions yourself? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch every show on Disney Junior at least once. <laughs> um. For the record, he has a kid. Okay, he's not just doing that for fun. Or maybe and I don't even think that's much of a resolution because whether I want to or not, you're going to. I was introduced to Vampirina today. What is Vampirina? Who the hell knows? But it's on Disney Junior, so I'll be watching. <laughs> Good luck. Thank you, Kyle. Um, my resolution uh, to burn more candles. I've been on a candle pick lately. They relax me. I like them. All right. Mine is to not miss an episode of this podcast like Brett did this week. I did last week. I'm very sorry. You know what? I I have not missed one yet. I 
am obviously dedicated to that. I'm just kidding. I'm terrible. Justin uh, is the. Uh, I'm trying to think of a famous show with one care only one character who appeared in every episode. Last Man on Earth. Justin is the Jack Bauer of. Jack Bauer, <laughs> the Jack Bauer of this podcast. <laughs> what was, He's going to murder us of, in cold blood. What was the name of the guy in Lost? Ah, um, Lost. Yeah, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. um, but as always, thank you for joining us. This has been episode 20 of the Canes Country Podcast. Um, you can follow all our, of our great work on Twitter at Canes Country. Uh, you can also like us on Facebook. Don't forget to do that. You can find all of our great work at canescountry.com. We are part of SB Nation. Um, I am Justin Lape. You can follow me at Lanky Lape on Twitter. And you can follow Kyle at K underscore Morton 9. That's M O R T O N. And Brian, our editor at at B D LeBlanc, L E B L A N C. Just a reminder, Brian. Famous in the hockey world, uh, as he is related to Kevin Le- Kevin LeBlanc from the San Jose Sharks. It's time to end this podcast now. Have a great day. <laughs> Goodbye, Bye, everybody. <laughs>